Good morning. This is Pastor Stuart McClellan from the Altoona Bible Church greeting you. The warm-hearted church with a heartwarming message, the family church. Why not join us this morning for our worship service? Sing with us, pray with us, and follow the message in God's Word. This morning, I bring the message titled, By Faith. traditional service, I'm going to ask that you please remain standing. We'd like to welcome everyone who's joined us on our uh, television and radio. Um, we're going to remain standing because we're going to kick off our service today uh, with singing the Star Spangled Banner. So I'm going to ask that you grab your, your hymnals and... Oh, I'm sorry, they're not... I'm, I, am, I, I apologize. Before we do that, we're going to start our service with the, with the pledges. Clearly, I am not following script today. All right. <laughs> So we'll start here with the pledge to the, the American flag. Please join us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Then we're also going to remain standing, and we're going to say the pledge here to the, the Christian flag. And please join us in that. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life and liberty to all who believe in Him. All right. Now what we'll be doing is we're going to be, we're going to be uh, singing the Star Spangled Banner, which is on 779. So please grab that, and we'll sing all three verses of 779.
you'd like to be seated, we're going to continue our, our singing here as we go through our, our Sunday morning service. And I'm going to ask that you don't have to turn too far. Turn one page over to 780, and we'll sing, Oh Beautiful for Spacious Skies. Today, for special music, continuing with our America theme, uh, Bev Johnson is going to be up, and she's going to be sharing with us her first song, which is called America the Beautiful Medley. You know, I look at old glory, and I see the stars. That's our future. I look at the red stripes and I see the blood that's been shed by many for freedoms we have today. When we look at our flag, let's not be ashamed that we are Americans. So just remember, when you see the flag, what it stands for. This is America the Beautiful Medley.
spacious skies for amber waves of rain for purple mountains majesty above the fruited plain broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight what the found were so gallantly streaming 
Amen, Bev. Thank you uh, for that beautiful number, patriotic number, and certainly we know what our country is uh, going through with the unrest, uh, with the COVID-19, so certainly, again, we ask that you can remember and be praying for our country. As uh, far as the announcements, we're pleased that this uh, coming Wednesday, which is July the 1st, that we're going to begin again our Wednesday night Bible study and prayer meeting here at the church. So we'd love to have you out uh, Wednesday night, and then in the future we'll be talking about uh, Sunday evening. And also keep in mind that our services we still have always provided and still provide on Facebook. It's a Sunday morning service going on 11 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the uh, evening, also on the local radio stations as well, and then as well as the Johnstown, the Altoona Access channels for those people who may, churches may have not opened up, thankfully, that we're able to. We're continue to slowly open up the other parts, the other parts of the ministry here at the church. We ask that you continue to remember and uh, pray for this ministry. At this time, then, Sean's going to come back, and we're going to sing hymn number 783, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. All right, let's uh, stand, grab our hymnals, sing 783. up here with verse 5. Have our 
scripture reading at this time, so I'm going to ask that you please turn to 1 Timothy. Please turn in your scriptures to 1 Timothy. While you're turning there, I will say that we should always be showing God through our actions. And so Pastor has most certainly shown that today with me, given that he not only told me about the pledges, but he also highlighted on this card, and I still missed it. So his patience and forgiveness is being exemplified through, through his actions. So thank you for that. Um, all right, so given that we're, we're celebrating um, our, our, the birth of our country this week, and, and we've been singing these hymns and, and songs, and we've, been, we, we've got to listen to some music about that today, um, I thought this would be appropriate for us to read in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, because what this talks about is something that we need to make sure that we are always continuing to do. And, and it's not easy by any means. Um, if we think about, and, and what this is, is we'll, um, we'll read this. We're only going to read the first couple verses here, 1 Timothy 2. But it talks about praying for, for our leadership. So as we, uh, we look here at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And then he goes into a little bit more specific here. He says, for kings and for all those that are in authority, that we may lead a godly and quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and honesty. And then, of course, he goes on to say, you know, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come, of course, to the knowledge of truth. So as, as we read that today... Uh, I think that only fits very well, appropriately, with, with the things that have been happening in our country um, as of late, whether they be related to uh, things with, with, with COVID-19 uh, or, or e- equality and the movements that we see. Um, you know, as, as we talked about this morning with several individuals here, it's not easy. You know, I think about uh, folks who are in the leadership, um, regardless of, of their... their uh, their political party or stance, one thing that's for sure is this is not something that's easy to, to, just, to just go through. So I think it's important that we continue to pray for, for our country, we pray for our leaders, um, as, as we're instructed to do, and that we make sure that we do that. And when you hear others say that, that we take that to heart, and we do pray for, for, our, for those who are in authority, that we will continue to live, uh, to, to have God guide their decision-making um, so that we can continue to do what is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. All right, so uh, at this time, we'll have our second special music, and Bev Johnson's going to come back up, and she's going to sing the Statue of Liberty. Of all the patriotic songs, this has been my favorite because it just tells me just what I feel. I am proud to be an American. I'm even prouder to be one of God's chosen ones. So this is Statue of Liberty. Oh. 
stay true to our flag and true to our Savior. At this time, the children are dismissed for Junior's Church. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. As we do, I just want to 
thank Bev for the special numbers this morning. And truly, we realize, like a, what Sean said, and we just echo that and, and the songs that Bev sang about being patriotic and realizing that we need to continue to be praying for our country because it's going through a lot. And two weeks ago, we, we talked about and flee, follow, and fight. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a few moments. But again, the fight here, as I said two weeks ago, I understand that it's this virus, and I understand what they're trying to do. But please, and I had several people talk about this to me afterwards, this is a spiritual battle as well. And I think we, we see this and we understand this, we're realizing this, and that we're in some regards, in the spiritual battle of our lifetime. First Thessalonians chapter 1, I'd just like to read verse number 3. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God, and our Father. Let's just look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our eternal God, as we come before you, we thank you again for Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for all that he means to us. And Father, as we come before you, we just pray, God, for your guidance and direction. Uh, Lord, please help us to understand uh, your word. Help us to apply your word to our lives. We pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I'd like to talk about by faith. As I said, a few weeks ago, we were talking about follow, follow after in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, and 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, the word follow. And do you remember what that word, how else that word is translated in the New Testament? Persecute. Just think about that. The energy that Paul used to persecute others, the energy that others turned because the gospel message changed and they used to persecute him, we are to follow after something. And we talked about following after righteousness. Well, again, just look at, look at this comparison when you put, First Timothy has six mentioned things that we're to follow after. And what you see here is um, 2 Timothy 2.22 has four. But you know, the reason why you see those arrows is what? They both start off with righteousness. 2 Timothy 2.22 talks about faith. 1 Timothy talks about godliness, then faith, love, and then charity. So three, righteousness, faith, and charity, or hope, are mentioned in, in both of them. And I just thought, we need to talk about following after faith, because some may think that's faithful, faithfulness. I, I think and believe that's following, persecuting, pursuing with an intensity, not only after that righteousness and godliness, but also what? Faith. Faith in our lives. We, we need to be demonstrating that, 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 that faith and following after and pursuing after that faith. Well, if you go back with me to First um, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3, see if we can't, four or five clicks and we're, then I'm done. All right, go back with me to First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3. So the, the, remember, we're to flee something, First Timothy 6, flee this love of money, 
Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Flee those things, follow after those things, and then what are we to do? Then we are to fight the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. And realizing, like 2 Timothy chapter 4, the end of Paul's life, he can say, I fought the good fight. I've, I've finished the course, and all that time, I've what? I've kept the faith. Because like I said, we are, we are in a spiritual battle. And people never need to realize this and understand what's going on as Christians. And then we talked about what we see here, we, justification. The moment you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've been justified. We're, we are waiting for glorification, right? These vile bodies. And I'm saying it more and thinking of it more. I wish someone 30 years ago told me what you're going to hit when you hit the mid-60s. And I know there's going to be people saying, you think you're just young. I'm not going to mention ages, but, you know, I'm my 70s, 80s, or 90s. But these, these are bodies of humiliation. We're waiting for glorification. And what is in between justification, which happens at the moment of salvation, and glorification, which we're waiting for? What happens in between? The word sanctification, the idea of what? Of, of, that's Christian growth in our life. That, that's Christian living. That, that's where these words come in play. First Timothy 6, follow after, pursue after with, with an earnestness, with an intensity. Pursue after these things. And one of those six things, one of the ones that are mentioned over, one of the four things that are mentioned over in Second Timothy is not only the issue of righteousness, but also of what? Of, of faith. And that's what we need to do in our lives, to be pursuing after faith, because what we understand is faith, faith is trust, it's belief. Faith is having the absolute trust and, and complete confidence in God and knowing that God, God is in control, right? And even amidst this COVID-19, you see, some would say this is God, you know, punishing the United States. So I would disagree with that. You say, why? Because this is not an epidemic. It's a pandemic. There's a big difference. This, this, is, this affects the whole world. This is worldwide. It's not just directed to one country. We know God is for us. It's unfortunate what we're going through. But as I said, it is more than just a physical issue. It is a spiritual battle that we are engaged in. And we need to do what? Six, when you're in a spiritual battle, you're to do what? You're to put on the whole armor of God and stand against the wiles, the trickery of the devil and to be living for the Lord. And also part of that we know if you drop down to 17, 18, it's the issue of prayer. So this is what faith is. And this is something that God wants us to, to follow. And I think it's more when you read 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 2 Timothy 2, 22, it's more than just saying being faithful. We know God is faithful. We need faithfulness. But it's pursuing after faith because I think it's, it's that faith in between. It's, it's the issue of sanctification. It's the issue of faith growing in our lives no matter what we're going through, even as we go through what we've been through since the mid part of uh, March. Remember, when we talk about faith, there's the faith of Christ. There's the faith of Christ. Seven times in the New Testament, in Paul's epistles, is the words, the faith of Christ. And again, the modern Bibles change it 
Romans 3.22, you're very familiar with that. If you want to turn there, it's the faith of Christ. The modern Bibles, even including, you know, people want to say, well, you guys should use the new King James. It's faith in Christ. And that's a wrong translation. It's not. It's Romans 3.22, Galatians 2.20, seven times. If you want the list, I will give you the list. It's the faith of Christ. It's his faithfulness. So when we talk about faith, we need to understand the different aspects. When we're talking about the different aspects of faith, first of all, it begins with the faithfulness of Christ. That, that's what Romans 3.22 is about. Even the righteous of God, which is by the faith of who? Christ, right? It's unto all and upon all them that what? There's your faith. And see, the modern Bibles change that and make it, instead of faith of Christ, they make it faith in Christ. That's not what it's talking about. It's not two times, if you look, and if you're in Romans chapter 3, verse number 22, two times in that portion of Scripture, he's not talking about man's faith. And again, we're not going to give you, spend a whole lot of time on this, but even our English language, you, you know there's, two, there's a different aspects of faith. There's objective faith and there's subjective faith. And a very simple illustration, if you're buying a product, whatever that may be, and years later you find out that the company who made that product has been ripping off the, uh, the consumers, how many of you are going to go out and buy that same product from that same company? You're not. Why? Because they were unfaithful. You're, you're not going to do it. You're going to remove your faith from them, and you're going to find something different. Well, Romans chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifest as being witnessed by the law and the prophets. We spent time, we were talking about pursuing after righteousness. This is this imputed righteousness. This doesn't make us personally righteous, but we're justified, we're declared righteous at the moment of salvation, and then later we're to follow, we're to pursue, we're to seek after righteousness in our lives. Even the righteousness, verse 22, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, it's his faithfulness, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference, and it's unto all and upon all them that what? Believe, there's your faith. So I hope we understand seven times in Paul's epistles the faith of Christ. And then he has the faith. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. You don't have to turn there, but stand fast in the faith. Over in 2 Timothy, I just referred to, when he's at the end of his life, he, he knows what's going to happen. And then God, through Paul, last epistle, he writes in 2 Timothy, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I have kept what? The faith. Well, that's not that he was faithful. That's not his personal faith. The faith is what? It's a doctrine to be believed. He kept it. He guarded it. He preached it. And you want to talk about spiritual battles. He, he had spiritual battles. And he, was, and he absolutely kept the faith. Then we understand here in Romans chapter 3, verse 22, saving faith. Romans 3, 24, we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, at this time his righteousness, that he might be the just and the justifier of him, which what? Believeth in Jesus. That's saving faith. 
For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. The gift there in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is not faith. Do you understand that? There are people who believe God's gift there is faith. We don't have time this morning, but if you study this out, you will see. That not of yourselves. Faith is a feminine noun, and the word that is in neuter gender. It, it cannot modify faith. It's impossible for it to. What the gift of God there is, it's salvation. God's gift is salvation. It's not of yourselves. If God's gift was a gift of faith for you to believe, for you to believe, but the person that you knew didn't believe, what, what would be an argument that the unsaved would use? You never gave me the faith. I didn't hear it, but you never gave me the faith to believe. It's not my fault I'm not saved, right? It's not my fault. And all are going to, if you read Romans 3, all mouths are going to be stopped. And all are going to be guilty. We understand the book of Revelation, the great white throne judgment. They're, they're not, they can't, can't argue. Can't argue and say that, well, you didn't give me the gift of faith to believe, so it's, it's not my fault. Man has volition. Man needs to hear the gospel, and we need to preach, and that's why we support missionaries and want the message of salvation to go forward. So the issue of, of a saving faith, and then the issue of faith in our lives, a living, a living, a, a growing faith. You should have more faith today than when you were first saved. Because in your life, as you've gone through life experience, where should, where's our faith? Our faith should be in God. Believing what? Believing what God says here. Right? Amen, Amen right? Believing what God says. Taking God at his word. And I think we see anything through this spiritual battle that we have with this pandemic. There are people who don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. Because to them, maybe this is Armageddon. Maybe to them, this is the end times. Maybe to them, this is God's judgment and we don't know where to go. But for the believer, we know, right? We, we know. We know the light. We know the truth. We know the way. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe at, in the beginning, if you were just saved, that, that would be a tough thing to deal with. But as you grow, the faith should be growing because we should be following after, following after faith. If you will, just go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And just want to give you a few examples of, of the Thessalonians. And just so you understand, as you go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, just think upon Paul's entrance into the city. Thessalonica, Thessalonica is of what country? Greece. So we, we, ha we have something. We have God's word. We have the book of Acts to show us Paul's entrance into this city. I think I've shared this, but many, yeah, well, it's been many, many years ago because it was at our first church in Wisconsin, but they were sponsoring foreign exchange, foreign exchange students, right, Nancy? And this one young lady had come from Greece. Well, you know, that to me got, you know, that stirred up a lot of things from the word of God and studying it. 
and I had a Greek New Testament, so I showed it to her. And I don't know how I either turned there or she did, but she said, that's where I'm from. She was from around the city of Thessalonica, which I always thought was really interesting. And reality is, even though she knew modern Greek and the Bible is written in what they call Koine Greek, the uh, common language, she could identify the words and understood absolutely their meanings. To yet, you know, and she was amazed about the freedom. And this goes back to, what, 1985 or so? The freedom that we had to go to a church of your choice because she said, we, we don't have that freedom over in Greece. First Thessalonians chapter 1 now. So Paul comes into this city. He's going to come into this city. And before he got, comes into this city, we know we're not going to go through all this. Remember, he, he goes to the city of Troas. He, he goes to areas, if you read back actually the beginning portion of Acts 16, there's areas that he wants to go, and God doesn't allow him to go there. And God brings him over to the city of Troas, the westernmost part of modern-day Turkey. And he receives the Macedonian vision. And he sees a man from Macedonia calling and saying, come over and help us. And immediately we, so you know Luke was with him, we endeavored to do what? To preach the gospel. I think that's an important verse, an important portion of Scripture, because he didn't go understand about helping people and dealing with social needs and physical needs, but what did he do? He went and he preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to them. That's what they needed. And people were saved, and he goes from Philippi, and then you come into Acts 17, Apollonia, Amphibolus, and then he's going to come to the city of Thessalonica, as his custom was, where there was a Jewish synagogue, and I told you there was a Jewish population. He went in there and he preached, and some believed. But the Jews moved with envy, because they, they didn't want to hear this truth. And we know there was an uproar, and Paul has to go from Thessalonica, then he goes to Berea. And you see that in Acts 17, verses 10 to verse number 14. And then he goes from Berea, because the, the Jews from Thessalonica pursued after him. And he goes from Berea, and then he goes to Athens. And of course, in Athens, he gives that message from Mars Hills, beginning in Acts chapter 17. And he gives that message from Mars Hills, and as I said before, if you Google it and you look at the picture of it, you will see a plaque. And, and the Athenians, the Athenians wanted to know anything only if it were new. And of all the Greek individuals in, in Greek wisdom, of, of people who were called in front of the Areopagus and the Areopagus judges, it is Paul's address at Mars Hills that is there today in the Greek language. Corinth, and he goes from Corinth and he goes over into Athens. Or from, excuse me, Athens, he goes into Corinth. Why am I telling you this? Because I want you to understand, even, even here in Thessalonica, and if you compare, and we've done this before, study out the difference between the, the people at Thessalonica, the people at Berea, and the people then at Athens. The Athenians, the people of, of Athens, they only wanted to know something new. That's, that's what they were involved in. The Bereans, what did they do? They searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. And we know at that point they only would have had the Old Testament scriptures. And the Thessalonians, they were those, that, yeah, there were some who were saved. And a church is established there. We have two epistles. And I believe it's God's, through the Apostle Paul's first two epistles. 
But the Thessalonians, if you go back and read in Acts chapter 17, they, they moved with envy. They, were, they moved with opposition, and later then they would leave Thessalonica and travel down to Berea and cause Paul problems there. And we're going to show you the significance of this in a moment. And then there are three important words that we know, faith, hope, and love. And if you're here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3, remember without ceasing your work of faith. God, through Paul in Acts chapter 17, said as his custom was, he went into the Jewish synagogue and he was there for three Sabbath days. That would be three weeks. And some believe then that he was only in the whole city for three weeks. I think he was there a lot longer. The three weeks would be in relationship and connection to what? The Jewish synagogue and that he preached at. Ultimately, he was run out of town. But a church, a church is established. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter, the first epistle, there are five chapters, and every chapter ends with something upon the hope, the coming of Christ for the church, the body of Christ. I mean, these people got indoctrinated. These people were given the, the, the doctrine, the truth of God's word. He was establishing them in the faith. And three important words are faith, hope, and, of course, love. We know what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says. We know 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for we walk by faith and not by what? Sight today. We, we don't walk, there, there's no signs for us. There's no sign about the coming of Christ for the church, the body of Christ. Some people would say, well, because the event's going on, the, the return of Christ must be sooner. We, we don't, every day, of course, is going to be sooner. But, the, but there are no signs. We walk by faith and we do not walk by sight. And those three words, and then if you go down to verse number 9 and verse number 10, you see the work of faith. You see the labor of love. You see the issue of the patience because he waits. Verse number 9. And if you think upon their faith, look back, in fact, look back to verse number 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that we were in samples to all you that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. The word in samples, examples. Macedonia and Achaia is the northern and southern part of Greece. We would just, it's the country of Greece. We were examples. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place that your faith to God is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. How was the, the faith excuse me, of the Thessalonians. It, it was that, that in between. You're, you're justified by faith. You're saved immediately. You're waiting for glorification. In between is sanctification. And how was their faith? It, it, was, it was a growing faith. Verse number 9, verse 10, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, how you turned to God from idols. See, that's their faith. They, and it doesn't say they turned from idols to God. They turned to God from idols to serve. To serve the living God. The living and true God. And to wait. And there's their hope. To wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead. Even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. And the wrath to come is not talking upon the lake of fire here. Though we have been, Right? The wrath to come is the wrath of what? Tribulation. 
We've, been delivered, we've already been delivered from it, and yet today, in the 21st century, there are people who are still arguing about this, right? Because they don't rightly, rightly divide God's word. What, you know, what, why, do, why, why do we need to understand God's word? Because what you believe is going to affect the way you live. And you see it and you hear it all the time. If you, if you believe you're saved by faith plus doing all these other things, that's not the gospel. So that's the way you're going to live. If you believe that you can lose your salvation and you're not eternally secure, that's the way you're going to live. And that's why we need to be grounded in God's word and the truth of God's word in the word of God absolutely rightly divided. Well, interesting, go over with me, if you will, and turn to 2 Timothy, or excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3, verse number 4. 2 Thessalonians, and again, and we have this chart. If you didn't get one, you would like one, please let me know. But it puts the, in the chronological order, it has a column for the canonical order, that's Romans to Philemon. But the chronological order is not, Romans is not the first epistle written, and Philemon is not the last written. We know 2 Timothy is the last written. The canonical order, I, I you know, again, let your red light go off. I believe that First and 2 Thessalonians are the two early epistles that God wrote through the Apostle Paul. And he talks about what? The hope. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. The rapture. Dead in Christ. We who are alive remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we what? Ever, ever be with the Lord. And then verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. As I said, five chapters, every chapter ends with something upon the coming of Christ for the church. Notice here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning here in verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, at his meat, because that your faith does what? Groweth exceedingly. So their, their faith wasn't just, you know, stagnant. It wasn't declining. It was, it was growing. And that, that's the way it should be. They, they were pursuing after faith. Their faith was growing exceedingly. In the charity, the love of every one of you all toward each other also does what? It bound. It was increasing. Faith, hope, and love. And to me, those three words, those three words are the mark of a believer. Faith, hope, and love. And as you continue reading here, verse number four, so that we ourselves... Glory in you, glory in you in the church of God for your patience and your faith in all your what? Persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So they were enduring trials and tribulations, but what was happening? Their faith grew anyway. It didn't decline. They didn't, you know, put up the white flag and say, well, God, if this is what a Christian is, I don't want to be a Christian because, you know, I, I'm, I'm going through these hard times. Their faith was growing. And we've shared this before, but what, words, what word is missing in verses 3 and verse 4? The word hope. You notice the word hope isn't there. In, in, in 1 Thessalonians, he talks upon their patience of hope to wait for his son they were waiting and 
by the way, 2 Thessalonians was written very shortly after 1 Thessalonians, which is interesting. It's not like years later. The word hope is not there. Why not? Because I think the hope is under attack. And that's what 2 Thessalonians, one of the, one of the reasons why 2 Thessalonians was written was to deal with and show and show the hope and understanding. The, the, the doctrine of eschatology, the doctrine of last things, to, to understand that order. Like I said, in the 21st century, there's people who still argue about that. And I think the word of God is absolutely, absolutely clear concerning this. Well, if you go back with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we didn't get to this point. And this is what, so I would encourage you, to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through verse number 7, and think upon those words. Think upon what you're reading in God's word, and think upon where Paul is when he is writing this. What was the, the good news? And literally, if you read 1 Timothy, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number, verse number 6, and you see the word that he brought us, this good tidings. What, what word is really good tidings? What's, the good, what's another way to say the word good tidings? Gospel. Okay, the, the word gospel means good news. The good tidings is the word gospel. He didn't bring them a saving gospel. He brought them good news. He brought them a gospel of what was going on with the Thessalonian believers. And there's a powerful, powerful message in application when you think upon faith and you think upon growing faith and when you think upon pursuing after faith in our lives. We're saved by grace through faith alone, the, the only way of salvation. The only way of salvation. And we know that today... Again, the 21st century, that gospel message is under attack. That's why I said it's a spiritual battle. When we say it's under attack, I'm not talking about, you know, in countries around the world. I'm talking about in our own country, in our, in our own state, in our own county, in our own city, in our own community, where people teach a perverted message and say, well, this is the true gospel. So there's got to be people who are absolutely confused. So that's why we need to, as believers, understand that we are to fight the good fight of faith, that we're to pursue after not only righteousness, but I think pursue after this faith because our faith, like the Thessalonians, from, from the time of our salvation to the present, that faith should increase. And so as we go through hard times, if we go through this pandemic, our faith and our trust is absolutely in God and the unsaved need to understand the only way of salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just look to the Lord in word of prayer. Gracious God, as we come before you, we thank you again for Lord Jesus Christ, for all that he means to us. And we pray, God, for your guidance and direction. Amen. If you will turn in your Bibles then, yeah, Bibles in your, see, I don't want to stop, but in your hymns, see, I made a mistake. 546, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's stand as we close our service, 546.